It is the Everything is Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Halker, and today on the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about key performance indicators and why they should matter to you a lot, and perhaps some tricks on what you can do in Google Analytics. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing Podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. It is the Everything is Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin, and today on the show, Sarah DeYoung is with us. Uh, and Sarah, tell people what your title here is at MLife. Uh, my title is Director of Search. I do a lot more than just search, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm having you on the, the podcast today because I literally just came from a client meeting, and we were running through what we call here a, a visions appointment. And this particular gentleman was talking about the marketing that he was doing, and it in by his own admission, was hodgepodge. He's just doing stuff and hoping it works out in the end, right? And so I'm bringing you on because not only are you the director of search, but you're the key person in this organization when we go to to try and figure out the end of the rainbow, so to speak, like when we find the the treasure, right? Yeah. Like the how you create a key performance indicator, what you measure against an ROI. And so if I'm a client and I'm building these strategies, we're still in January in 2016. I guarantee you that there are clients out there that are like, oh no, we probably should think about what we're going to do yeah. today. Where, where, does, where should somebody start and how do you build that campaign? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a lot to answer that actually. Um, but with that particular client, when someone thinks that they're doing something and it's a hodgepodge, that's actually... Uh, happens more often than you would think. So a lot of people, they want to put together a marketing campaign and they know who their audience is. You know, they know the demo. Um, they know it's males or it's females. They know where they're coming from. It's a 25 mile radius. But at the end of the day, once they reach those people, how do they tell whether or not it's working? Sure. And that's the part that we have to help people figure out. So if, you, if someone's going to spend a certain amount of money in marketing, marketing should be an investment to drive them more money in sales <laughs> of whatever it is that right. they're selling in return. So what we try to look at is if you're going to spend X amount of dollars in marketing, how many new customers do you need to drive in order for that marketing dollar to make sense for you? And that's where I think some people have a difficult time trying to figure out how to measure that. So, so if, yeah. I, if I'm client... A, right. And I, I've never done this before. And I'm trying to figure out in this digital age how to do all of these. How do I go about figuring out the, the cost of a customer or what we might call the cost of acquisition? How much does it cost to get me a new customer and what are they worth to me in the long haul? Yeah, absolutely. So I think in the beginning, even if we're just going to do some basic math, someone should look at how much money have they spent on marketing and how many customers came in from that marketing and just divide the amount of money that they spent by the number of customers that they got. And that would be their cost per customer. I mean, that's really rough math. There's sure. a lot of other things <laughs> right. that go into it, overhead and things like that. Um, but that's a place where they could start. And so they need to figure out what does it mean to get a new customer as well? And then what's the lifetime value of that customer? So most of our clients, I would say it's either it's a phone call or it's a form fill or it's an e-commerce conversion on their website or someone comes in the door. Um, and even if it's if it's retail or it's B2B, one of those four things uh, has to happen in order to get that process started. Right. So we, you know, you want to figure out what is it that you want? Do you want phone calls? Um, and that would be a key performance indicator. Um, do more of your customers inquire online rather than calling on the phone? And then online inquiries or form fills would be the key performance indicator. And then use some sort of technology to track that. So is it Google Analytics? Um in, in a nutshell, if your form fill, someone fills it out and then they go to a unique page that says, thank you for filling out this form, you track how many times people make it to that thank you page and that's how many form fills were completed. So there are some um, actually relatively easy ways to track 
how many people are inquiring with your company, and that's a great place to start. And one of the other things that, that I think you're brilliant at, though, is, is a little nuance in what you just said, is that, okay, you run this campaign, and they will use the form fill for as an example. You run this campaign, and a ton of people get to the form. And zero people fill it out, Yeah. right? Like there's something broken in that. And then you've got to kind of reverse engineer and figure out what's broken. Yeah, absolutely. So in the beginning of our process here, when we're working with new clients and like you did today, you go out and talk to someone, find out what it is that they're trying to do. Then we come back and we present a plan and we say, spend this much money. We think it'll drive you this many customers. You know, here's how we're going to track it. That's actually not necessarily the easy part, but the hard part starts after that. So we launch our campaign, we're driving people to the website, and then people are not filling out the form. So then what do we do? So there we usually will take a look at who are we targeting? Are we reaching the right people? And if we're sure we're reaching the right people, why are they not doing the thing that we want them to do on the website? So then we start to look at the website. And people really should look at their website as a salesperson. That is their online salesperson. So is the website telling the people what they need to be told in order to, you know, convince them per se to fill out a form or take that next step? And that's where the that's where the hard part starts. So we start to give advice on, hey, try adding this copy to this landing page to say this to the, the visitor when they get to your website and let's see if more people fill out the form then. Or let's drop them on a different page on the website that's closer to the form and see what they do there. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of testing that happens after the campaign goes live to try to really get people to do the thing that we want them to do. Well, and even the amount of boxes you have in the form, right? Because yeah, if absolutely. you go past three or four, you might as well have 250,000 because they're, they're not going to do that. Yeah, right? yep. So we'll do that too. Sometimes if someone, if they require... First name, last name, phone number, email address, physical address. We really have to sit down and say, do you really need their physical address or do you just need their email and their phone number to get started? Or do you just need email or just need the phone number? So the easier the form is, um, the more likely people will fill it out. And would you say, and not all brands can do this, but would you say that it might even be easier if you could do the Facebook OAuth so they can just log in with their Facebook? Is that an easier way to do that? Because then they're, it's frictionless, right? Yeah, absolutely. So anything to make things easier. So a lot of websites now offer just log in with Facebook and that way you don't have to create a new account. So that's another way just to make things easier on the user. If you are doing e-commerce sales, the checkout process should be the fewest amount of steps possible. So whenever we work with someone that has a five-step checkout process, like the latest greatest thing in e-commerce is a one-step checkout process. You put your uh, you put your name and your credit card number and everything right on that page and you click checkout and that's it. And that people check out more often, the easier it is. The more steps you try to put someone through to get them to convert, um, I guess you can't see air quotes when we're doing a podcast, <laughs> um, so quote unquote convert, um, the, if the harder you make it, the more likely people are going to bounce. And there's so much competition in every category now that the moment you make it difficult on me, I'm going to leave and just check out another website. And, and I think maybe one of the most overwhelming things for clients might be this speed to mobile, right? So you're you're giving lots of great, great advice if we're using a desktop, right? This becomes a very different conversation when I'm trying to do this at a stoplight. Oh, absolutely. Right? I'm trying to buy yeah. shoes at a stop, which you think that's crazy, <laughs> but it's happening everywhere, right? Yeah. You know, you go to Zappos and you're like, I love those, need them. Oh, the light is green. Yeah. Time to go. Yeah. Now I have to go. Yeah. So anything that we're talking about, it, it needs to be just as easy, if not easier on mobile. So with a, um, if you're working with a web developer in mobile, when someone is in the phone number field, the 
the keypad on the phone should change to numbers. If they're in the zip code field, it should change to numbers. And that's one thing I notice even in my own personal online shopping. If I'm on my phone and I have to switch my keypad over to numbers, um, and you have to use the numbers on the keyboard and not the phone number numbers, right. that makes it really difficult to type that in. So anything that people can do on mobile to program so that the field that the person is in, it gives them the appropriate keyboard. And then again, the fewest amount of fields possible. So, um, if anyone's ever bought anything on Cards Against Humanity, it actually makes jokes when you check out about how it's not 1990, we don't need your address anymore. So <laughs> that's true. To use a credit card, you don't need the full the full address. Sure. Or, so they, they make it as uh, the minimal amount of fields as possible, and you can check out on your phone really easily. So it's 2016. The marketing world is changing as fast as we're doing this podcast. What are some KPIs or key performance indicators that you're seeing that are trends that, that brands are leaning towards or looking to accomplish? Yeah, so there's the obvious things of you know revenue, uh, phone calls, form fills, things like that. Some of the things that we're looking at, it depends on the industry. Sometimes it might be, um, if it's a longer buying cycle, it might just be new users to the website. So how many new people can we get to the site? The other thing is, um, Email signups. So when we're looking in the e-commerce space specifically, email, if someone's running a good email program, it usually converts at the highest rate. It'll convert higher than organic. So the people that are your advocates, if you stay in front of them with the right message, they'll come back and buy from you again. So there is actually a value on getting people just to sign up for your newsletter program. I've told people who are new in business that Anybody that I've listened to through podcasts and people, you know, entrepreneurs, when you ask them one question, what would you have done differently? They say they wish they would have started collecting email addresses sooner. Sure. So I've talked to people that they don't even have an email program program to email their people, but I tell them just start collecting email addresses and save those because then when you are ready to send out a newsletter or, you know, an update on new products that you have, you have a base of emails to start using. So I would say, um, obviously a phone call and a lead, um, or someone checking out is tangible revenue, you know, right in that moment, but collecting email addresses is something that can lead to future revenue that should have a value on it. Which is interesting because I, I think some people, the same people that say television is dead or radio is dead, right? Some people are screaming about the e-newsletter yeah. being dead. And there, there's a piece of research that I read yesterday that shows spe not specific to industry, but specific to position mm -hmm. that specifically CEOs, um, that's their number one source of information. Like whatever they sign up for an, mm -hmm. a newsletter, that is where they're getting all their information and the very first thing that they check in the morning. Yeah, and it's it blows my mind when I hear people say that email is dead because when I look in analytics and we have hundreds or thousands of analytics accounts that we're looking in, when someone is running a good email program, I'm not even looking at the open rate. I'm just looking at how many people have made it to their website and how many are purchasing. And the conversion rate is always the highest. So email is definitely not dead. Um, and even like you're saying, CEOs, you know, consuming information. I'm even talking about emailing sales, you know, sure. e-commerce businesses emailing out what their weekly sale is. That's not dead at all. Well, and I think the better the content, probably the better the conversion. Yeah, I was at the Detroit Digital Summit a few months ago, and mm -hmm. a lot of the sessions that I listened in on were talking about how to craft email content, so what it should look like. Even when, um, you know when you get an email and the thing that you can see in the preview says, if this if this will not open, you know, use this browser link, yep. That's the that right there is a huge no-no. I mean, sure, that's, that's, right. That is valuable content that someone sees before they open the email that you could use to entice them to open it. So a lot of the sessions were about some of that. How do you use those first characters? How many characters are available to use? And how do you get 
get more people to open the email. So um, yeah, at these digital summits and the things that we're attending and the, the results that I'm seeing in analytics, uh, email is definitely not dead and people should take time to figure out the best way to use it. And one last question before we go, and we're going to have you on a couple more times this year because I think you're going to be the key to a lot of people's growth this year. You talk a lot about Google Analytics, and I think that really scares the crap out of a lot of people. What is the first step that a business owner who has never done that before should do to try and make sense of? Because I equate it like this, if, if you remember the Matrix movie, like the way you see Google Analytics is this beautiful picturesque world yeah. that has all of this information in it. And we see really scary dots and numbers and things that make sure. zero sense and UTM codes. And, and that's sure. so like, how do you get started and, and not get freaked out as you get to step three? Yeah, that's a great question. And with analytics, the first thing to do is just put it on your website. Even if you don't know how to log in, <laughs> if you don't know how to read it, you know, some people they're scared. And so they don't want to put that, you know, even put it on the website, put it on the website before you understand anything about it, because it doesn't start collecting data, obviously, until it's on the website. So put that on there first, log in, as long as you're logging into the user interface, and you're just clicking around and looking at things, and you're not in the admin area, you can't break anything. So sure. You know, get it on the website, start looking at that. And then Google does offer, um, there's an entire course online for free that has uh, sessions that are videos. And then it's also in text. So if you prefer to watch or read, it has it in either format to start understanding, you know, what is, what, what is the traffic called? How do you find things? So there's a lot of, um, a lot of resources available for people to teach themselves how to look at that data. But um, the first thing I would do is get it on the website and then just start poking around in there and see what you see. And for me, I think hands-on is the best way to understand. And then, you know, partnering with someone that already knows how to use analytics is great because they can walk through and tell you a story out of your data. Um, but yeah, just getting it up and running uh, is the first thing that everyone should do. All right. Uh, Sarah DeYoung has been joining us. She is the director of search here at MLive. As always, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, eric at MLive.com. It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. Have a great day. Thank you. Yeah, no problem.